Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. Is there anyone in this room or watching online that is a big fan of the gym? That you love going to the gym? That is insane to me. It's just, we've talked about this. Um, I have tried going to the gym at several points in my life. You may not be able to tell, but I had made going to the gym a habit, um, but it just could, it never lasted because I hate it so, so much. Um, I've tried so many things. I've tried weightlifting. I've tried running. Uh, I got shin splints from running so much, and then I had to do the elliptical. Like, felt like a baby. Recently, I've been doing like a cycling machine and a rowing machine. Um, and that is probably the least that I've ever hated going to the gym. Um, still pretty unbearable for myself. I tried yoga once. Uh, and I tried yoga once in my living room. And I trusted Dave to, I trusted what Dave was bringing into my home. And um, so this is the one and only time I've ever done yoga. It was like P90X yoga. So I guess, I don't know if that was advanced or what, but there was a point in the yoga time where I stood up and what I can only describe as blacking out. <laughs> I, I can't see anything. I'm suddenly very dizzy. So I'm like, I didn't like lose consciousness, but I'm like falling throughout my house. I lean on the couch and it's just still happening. Like everyone has stood up too fast, right? And the blood drains from your head and you're like dizzy for a second. But it's like so many seconds at this point. And so I like stumble into the be- into the uh, to the kitchen and I get like water like that's going to suddenly fix my head um, and go figure that didn't work. And so then I stumble back into the living room so I could sit on the couch. And uh, I just thought, is this forever? Did I break my like the the, the my the equilibrium in my brain? I'm just going to be dizzy and black out forever. Uh, it did eventually go away. But since then, I have trusted Dave's fitness expertise less, <laughs> but that, that's not his fault at all. It's, it's my fault. Actually, it happened again recently uh, after the cycling machine, so it's not just yoga for me, but for me, uh, th- they say like after you like, make a habit of it or after you do it for so long, you start to have like the endorphins in your brain. Your brain's like, yes, we love this. That has never once been my experience, and I've just run and run and run waiting for that thing to happen, and it just never happened. Um, so if that is you, uh, Congratulations. Hashtag blessed. If you get those endorphins via uh, exercise, that's amazing. Uh, exercise, we do this because it keeps us healthy. Um, and it takes a discipline to, to make a habit out of going to the gym. There was a time where I was going like before classes. So I would like go in the very, in the morning in college, I would go uh, to the gym and it was like, uh, it was tough. It was not something I wanted to do at all. It took a lot of discipline. Um, and sometimes maybe you've been in a a season where you're going to the gym a lot. Um, when you are, when you have the discipline to make that commitment to go to the gym, you may find that that discipline will spill into other areas of your life. You might find yourself, um, saying no to the second dessert that you don't really need. (laughs) You may find yourself, um, other disciplines. You may find yourself being able to control your tongue better. You're like, uh, treating people more kindly just because you have this, this discipline in your life. And it may also spill into uh, another type of discipline that we're talking about tonight, and that is your spiritual disciplines. I feel like we talk about this a lot, and I think that's, there's a reason for that <laughs> because it's instrumental uh, with you know, how we relate to God. Our spiritual disciplines are so important. So we're going to talk about what that means. Tonight we are returning to a series that we left. Um, we just, I just took a little break a few weeks ago. Um, so you may remember our series called Basic, and uh, Basic is this series about the basics, the fundamentals 
of following Jesus and what that means. What, how, what does it mean to follow Jesus? So we took a little break. The series got so long that I wanted to have a little break in the middle. So we are now back to basic. We are in this back to basic time. And in this series, we have talked about all kinds of things. We started with basic apex. Uh, Dave, I believe, talked about basic worship. We talked about money for a while. We talked about this theological craziness called the Trinity and what that means. Um, so we've been all over the basics of what it means to be a Jesus follower. Tonight, this, this is a basic foundational fundamental thing, but it might be a little more difficult than the other things, um, and that is basic discipline. Discipline, uh, having what we call a deep and daily relationship with Jesus. That's kind of the phrase that we use a lot in here, a deep and daily relationship with Jesus. That's something that one of my disciplines uh, is these statements that I say about my self about my relationship with God, my marriage, my future children, and my friendships, like a bunch of statements that I say about myself every single day, whether they are true or not. Uh, but one of them is I have a relationship with Jesus that's deep and daily and daily deepens. And this is, this is all about daily spending time with Jesus and getting closer to him. The things that we do, um, we call our, this group, this gathering, Apex. And the reason is the top of a mountain is like the tip of the mountain is called an apex, the apex of the mountain. And you will find throughout the Bible that people will take people to the, God will take people to the top of the mountain to do something significant, to make a change in their life, to reveal himself in a new way, reveal their new mission or whatever it may be. Um, so that's kind of what we want here. We want this to be a place where you can connect with God in a significant way. There's this quote that has uh, it's been around as long as the Apex name has been around that we've been kind of talking through this quote. Uh, and it says, mountaintop experiences often emerge from the regular spiritual disciplines of our lives. Don't expect God to show up in your life in dramatic ways if you don't show up before him in faithful, consistent ways. So we love to talk about the drama. When we talk about apex moments throughout the Bible, they're usually pretty dramatic, right? There's like a big moment where Abraham almost kills his son Isaac and God provides a sacrifice, where Elijah uh, has the, the earthquake and the fire and the wind, and then God shows up in a gentle whisper, where Moses gets the Ten Commandments, where some of the disciples see ghosts of like prophets of the past. Like these are dramatic moments. Um, but what this quote says, and it's going to be our bottom line for tonight, that those dramatic big God moments are fueled by us showing up before God consistently, daily, deeply, sacrificially, with discipline, showing up before him. So uh, a shorter, simplified version of this quote. When we show up in small ways, God shows up in big ways. When we show up before God in small ways, in daily disciplined ways, God shows up in big, dramatic, God-type ways. So these disciplines, the spiritual disciplines, are these faithful, consistent ways. These are the small ways that we can show up. So when I think about spiritual disciplines, um, I've had this running list throughout the years um, that I have kind of been developing and fine-tuning because this, what are the things that a Jesus follower does, the, the, the habits that make, that, uh, that help us to get closer to Jesus. So we're not going to talk about all of them tonight. I'm can I tell you the most recent one? It's Sabbath, rest. Because I think that a, a Jesus follower, it is so much important that it is a spiritual discipline to have rest, um, to have a designated time where you hang out with Jesus. We're not gonna talk about that much tonight, more than that, because God is still teaching me that and teaching me how to teach that. Um, but go figure, one of the 10 commandments, it's pretty important. Um, so the next most recent 
things that have kind of been going through on my list throughout the years is giving and going. And uh, these are two things, uh, generosity and, and evangelism. And this is actually the last thing I taught before quarantine. If you remember way, way back, like 25 years ago, I think, um, way, right, right before the world turned upside down, um, we talked about giving and going. And, and we have talked about our relationship with money in the basic series as well. Um, but I'm going so far as to say it's a spiritual discipline to be generous, to have a, a generous heart. And it helps us get closer to Jesus when we put other people's needs before ours. That's kind of the idea there. Uh, and then we touch on going. We, we're going to touch about on going tonight. But in giving and going several weeks ago, what we talked about was kind of the world. We talked about going and uh, we had a mission trip on the, on the docket for a while. It didn't, you know, things changed. But um, the missions and, and the growing through the whole world to tell people about Jesus. Um, so tonight, as we touch about the going idea, it's going to be a little different. Talk about your circle, your world, and how you can make a difference. But So in addition to evangelism, we're going to hit three others tonight. So four things we're going to talk about tonight. And they are prayer and Bible reading, 10 and 10, uh, Christian friendships and evangelism, 10 and 10, friends and going. So we're just kind of picking and choosing from this list tonight to kind of put together this conversation. So that's enough intro. The first discipline we're going to talk about is prayer. Let's talk about prayer a little bit because communication is very important in any relationship, right? I feel like every time a pastor teaches on prayer, I've heard that a million times. Communicate. If my wife and I never spoke, what kind of relationship would we have? Um, it's a little cliche, but it's so true. Um, I, that's how we cultivate relationships is we communicate with each other. We text our friends. We FaceTime our friends. We talk to them in class. We sit with them at lunch. We are spending time in communication with people to get closer to them. And this is also true with Jesus. We also need to spend time talking to him, uh, listening to God's voice, trying to get closer to him and, and understand him better and, uh, and pour our hearts, be vulnerable, vulnerable before him as well. Philippians 4, 6. This is a cool verse you may have heard before. It says, don't worry about anything. Oh, easy. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Um, and and this, other translations will say, be anxious for nothing. And anxiety is a big deal in our world today. It's a word that comes out of my mouth most days, uh, whether I'm feeling it or talking to someone who is feeling it or just talking about how the coming generation is feeling it more than anyone has ever felt it before. Um, this stuff is real. And, and this this verse tells us that we can bring it to God. That, I think that's the simplest way to put it. We don't have to hide our anxiety. We don't have to hide our worry. Pray about it. And this says, don't worry. This says, uh, and I don't think this is like a command that if you have an anxious thought in your head, then you're sinning. Um, that's not quite what I, I believe about this verse. But it, it says that we can go to Jesus with our worry. We can go to God with our anxiety. And I think that's so, so important. Another really cool part about this verse is thankfulness. Um, prayer and thankfulness are always hand in, not always, but often hand in hand in the scripture. We'll see that again here with 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is like some really extreme languages, uh, some really extreme language. If you actually like, I don't have the verse separations in there and we put those in. So don't think that that's like that when Jesus was, 
talking, he said, John 3, 16, for God's, that's not, we did the, the numbers to help us understand it. But these are three different verses here. You see, it's sec, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 through eight, uh, 16 through 18. I'm all over the place today. Always be joyful is its own verse. <laughs> like we could preach on just that verse. Never stop praying. Um, pray without ceasing is what another translation says. This is a whole verse. And these verses are powerful. These thoughts are Big thoughts encapsulated in, in just a couple words. Be thankful in all circumstances. These are extreme words. Always, never stop. Be all the time. Be thankful. Um, super, super important. So we see again here to give thanks because thankfulness is a huge part of our prayer life. Has to be a huge part of our prayer life. Is being grateful for what, the way God has blessed us. We'll talk about that again here soon. Um, pray continually. One of the ways I have applied that. Um, when I was in college specifically, I read this verse and I thought about like, how does that, how do I apply that to my life? And so when I was walking between classes, I would pray. That would be like a practice that I made when I'm walking across these like fields from class to class or to lunch or whatever. And if I'm not like walking with a friend, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to like tell people to get away from me because I'm praying, but, but if I'm walking by myself and I find myself like, um, stressed about some assignment or, you know, just thinking about what I'm going to choose for lunch. I will instead, I'm going to spend that time praying to God and, and I will pray about my lunch. I will pray about the schoolwork, but instead of talking to myself, I'm going to talk to God about it. Um, that's one way to apply pray without ceasing. And, and, you know, we're going to get into a bunch of prayer tips right now. So, um, that may be one, but there is a billion different ways. I'm going to give you a bunch here. Um, start small. This is an idea. Just, just do it. Just try praying. Uh, you like, Jesus had to yell at some people in the Bible for praying too long. He never yelled at anyone for praying too quietly or too uh, short, <laughs> but he prayed, he yelled at people for praying too loud and he yelled at people for praying for too long because their prayer was about other people. And, and, and so when you pray, don't let it be about other people. Just start small. God, thank you. We need you. Amen. That is a whole prayer. <laughs> that is a whole thought. Um, so just whatever it takes for you to start praying, start. Um, be yourself. Be genuine. Be real. This is what I was talking about, where he was yelling at Pharisees because they were not being themselves. They were trying to impress people. Don't, don't think about other people when you pray. Just be yourself. Talk to God like you're talking to a friend. Um, that's another like cliche, uh, but I think it's so real. Be yourself. Pray out loud. This is more practical. This is a tip um, that has helped me to stay, because I'm, I, I'm easily distracted while I pray, um, so I, my mind will wander. Um, I don't think this is in here, but sometimes I will follow my wandering mind and pray for those things. My, my mind wanders to this friend. Well, maybe I'll pray for that friend. If it wanders to this project, I'm going to pray for that project. But also, if I pray out loud, I find that I can keep my mind focused on prayer, <laughs> and I can keep myself where I'm trying to be. So praying out loud is a little, a little tip. Uh, be consistent. Um, this is a, this is really a key idea here, um, because when you are consistent, make an appointment time, because this shows that you're making it a priority. Um, so pray the same time every day. Maybe this doesn't work for you. Consistency is the idea, but maybe a set time every single day, that doesn't work for you. Maybe you need to switch it up. That's fine. Whatever it takes for you to do this, to be consistent, to, to pray without ceasing, whatever it takes for you to do that, do that. For me, a schedule has helped. Um, so this might help if you pray close to far. This is one way I've heard to pray. I'm going to pray for myself, then I'm going to pray for my family, then I'm going to pray for my friends, I'm going to pray for my country, I'm going to pray for people across the world that need you. Um, 
So that may be one model. Um, I have used uh, praying different days. I will pray for different things. So on Sundays, I will pray for like churches I've been involved with. Monday um, was... I can't remember specifically, but I was involved in like several ministries at school. So Monday I would pray for one ministry or Tuesday I'd pray for another. Uh, Fridays I would pray for my bros because we had bro night on Friday. Um, so that, whatever works for you. Maybe it's day to day. For me now, what I'm doing is pray. This is an acronym, P-R-A-Y, um, that I picked up here several years ago. And it stands for praise, repent, ask, yield. Praise, repent, ask, yield. So I start with praise. So that's like thankfulness. So I'm going to start by saying, God, I thank you for who you are, for what you're doing in my life. And then, you know, as many things I can think of, what I'm thankful for, I'll pray for him. Repent. So I'm going to actually go through my day yesterday and say, well, I really messed up there. Shouldn't have done that. I repent. God, help me to see where I'm missing the mark. Help me to turn from my wicked ways, that kind of stuff. Ask. So that's where I put my like prayer requests for myself and for other people. Um, and then yield is something that I definitely need to do every day where I say like, I will try to do this on my own, but I cannot. So God, I'm giving it to you. Every project, every relationship, every, uh, conversation, everything I'm involved in, I give it to you. I yield it to your control, your power. So whatever schedule might help you try, try some things out. Um, the prayer closet, this is a, uh, a term in scripture that we see. And what this really means is like get alone. And it kind of runs in the same vein of have a place. So you schedule a time, but also it might help you to schedule a place. This is where I do my prayer. This is where I do my prayer things. Um, because maybe you can put some scripture on a wall or maybe you can you know, keep your journal there, whatever you do. For me, it's the shower. <laughs> Nothing weird about that, um, but that's you know, where I pray most of the time. Um, so there are all kinds of different ways you can do this, but find a place that is your prayer place. Um, choose the uh, quality of your prayer life over quantity. So if you are praying every single day, but what you are doing is maybe praying for other people, or what I mean is to impress other people. You're praying out loud so other people can hear you, or you're praying um, the same thing every day. You're not really thinking about what you're saying, but words are just coming out of your mouth. That's not quality prayer. That's just praying to check it off the list. Um, So shoot for quality prayer. Shoot for um, a genuine interaction with God. That's just a little tip for you. Um, use a journal. This has helped me as well. Um, there are all kinds of different ways to use a journal. Gentlemen, don't let anyone tell you that journaling is for girls. Um, maybe um, you will write your prayers out. That's one way to journal. I have seen a like five-year journal, which I think is super cool, where you're going to like journal some prayers and thoughts about your life uh, every day. And then at the end of the year, you start over and you write on the same pages. So you get to see five years worth of prayers on January 1st and on June 3rd and et cetera. That's a really cool uh, journal I have not used, but I've heard good things about. For me, the way that I journal right now is I am tracking my spiritual disciplines. Um, This can kind of go through all the spiritual disciplines, but I will write, basically I'm keeping track of every way that I interacted with God throughout every day. So I'm going to um, I did my, my daily declarations is what I call those, you know, those sentences that I say, um, my, my morning prayer, I'm going to put in any sermons that I listen to. I try to do some sort of interaction with scripture, um, throughout the day, at least once a day. Uh, if I go to church, I'm going to put that in there and then I'm going to put my scripture reading at the end of the day to what scripture I read that day. So that might help you. I have found that tracking it has helped me be accountable and, this goes into our next one. The Bible app streak has also kept me accountable. Um, but use an app because there are all kinds of different apps 
for prayer, for Bible reading. Um, so for prayer specifically, there's one called the, uh, the Echo Prayer app. I have not used that. I believe the Bible app now has a prayer function as well. So yeah, that's the one, the version one. I believe that is a useful one as well. Here's an idea. Pray through scripture. Um, I'm actually going to show this to you because I think it's that useful. And no one really quite taught me how to do it. And I tried it a couple times before service, uh, where I just kind of flipped to a thing, and it worked out before, so hopefully it's, it worked out well. What I am going to do is keep myself in the Proverbs, because I, I know pretty much any proverb I can pray through. Um, so what this means is, you're, I, I don't usually encourage just flipping through the scripture and seeing wherever you land on, but I think for our purposes right now, it's okay. Um, but praying through the scripture can be a great way to engage God's word and in prayer. So let's try this. <clears throat> That's too late. Uh, Proverbs, I'm in Proverbs 23. It says, when you sit to dine with a ruler, note well what is before you and put a knife to your throat. If you are given to gluttony, do not crave his delicacies for that food is deceptive. Um, You don't know, Sam probably knows, how much the scripture just spoke to me personally. I did not plan this. You watched me turn to a random thing. Um, But this is something I need to pray over myself. So let's pray. God, I, I thank you for your word and how you got us through it. Father, I pray that when I have opportunities with people of influence and power, um, that you help me to be discerning and you show me that um, the people that treat me well, that sometimes they're looking for something. And God, I pray you give me the wisdom to tell when those people are. I pray you give me the grace to deal with them like you would. Father, I pray that you would help me, um, as your word says, to gouge out my eye if my eye is causing me to sin. This is the same idea where to put a knife to my throat if I'm given to gluttony. Father, if I find myself um, pursuing relationships, eating with people that I want to impress, God, I pray that you would put a red flag up in my life and show me not to do that. I pray that you would help me uh, not to crave power or influence or relationships with people who are powerful and influential um, because that is deceptive and that is not the way that you have set up life. Um, So Father, I thank you for this here proverb that has spoken to me really in a big way. Amen. Does that make sense? Did you see what just happened? I'll do it again if you don't shake your head. Does that make sense? Really? Um, so you, you read, uh, and the Proverbs and the Psalms will almost always be super easy. Sometimes you might have to read a little more to get some context to find out what it's saying. Um, but you can pretty much turn to any Psalm or Proverb and find just a couple verses to pray over yourself. Um, this is a, a really nice practice that I think will help you, I hope will help you. Praying with other people is also really, really helpful. Um, you can't necessarily do that every day. because You could, that's not true, you definitely could. It's gonna take some intentionality. Um, you could accidentally pray with others on like Wednesdays and Sundays because you're already in church or maybe if you have a Bible club meeting on Fridays or something. Um, but set up ways for, your, for you to pray with other people in your life. Um, when people say, will you pray for me with this issue or whatever, don't say, I will pray for you. Say, can I pray for you right now? <laughs> and, and I know that can be scary, which is why you know, we're talking about how to pray and why to pray, but um, I encourage you to, to find ways to pray with other people. I am not moving at a pace that I need to be moving at, so I might spend a little less time on some of these future ones. But um, prayer is important, and and I want to tell you that this is, I'm going to say this every time, uh, every discipline, this is not about guilt. So if you're like, my prayer life is nothing like that, I've never been able to open the Bible and just pray something. Um, This is about conviction, maybe. The Holy Spirit's going to say to you, hey, you you need to fix this. Um, But take that as a gentle nudge in the right direction. Um, Don't beat yourself up. But prayer is important, 
because it's a small way we can show up for God. And when we show up in small ways, God shows up in big ways. Okay, so let's go from prayer into reading the Bible. So Bible reading, this is, we've talked about 10 and 10 in here a lot. So that's 10 minutes in prayer, 10 minutes reading the Bible. So this is the other 10 of 10 and 10. Uh, and I would start by saying, communication is key in any relationship. <laughs> and um, if prayer is the way that you talk to God, I would say that, you know, there's plenty of prayer exercises where God can talk to you as well. But um, Bible reading is a huge way for God to speak to you. I opened up the Bible and that was for me, that proverb there. Um, and God does that. He will speak to you through his word, whether it's something for really specifically that you are going through or through something that will speak to anyone at any time. I heard someone say, it, it's attributed to a bunch of different people. I don't know who said it, but it's true either way. Don't say God is silent when your Bible is closed. I've heard people say, why won't God speak to me? I, I don't hear his voice. I don't even know if he's real. Um, but we have like this, we have many, many words. A love letter from God to humanity. Open that up because he has spoken many, many things to you. Second Timothy 3.16. This is a uh, like meta scripture where it's like, the Bible talking about the Bible. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Really, really useful. It's saying, this is, this is not just words on a page. This, this, his word will change your life. It will teach you how to live, to, to have a better life and to be better at life. <laughs> so um, that inspired by God phrase there. Um, if you look at like original language, we've talked about that in here before, right? Um, it, it's actually God breathed. Like that's the kind of language it, it, it used. Like if God said, and then that's, 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 was that dumb? Sorry. That is the, it is, it is holy air. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, that's how much care he put into his Bible. We, we, uh, we believe people wrote the words down, but that his role was breathing those words into those people. So Take that for what it's worth. Really interesting. Uh, Joshua 1.8, we've talked about this pretty recently. Um, Joshua's about to lead God's army, lead God's people, and this is what God said to him. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed. You read it, you prosper. That's what God's saying here. I believe that. That has been true in my life. Uh, I think you, you will see that as well. Many people see the Bible as a rule book. Um, I, I see it in many ways, as an instruction manual. Like, it, I also see it as a love letter and God's, you know, love for humanity on display. But, but if you choose to see it as a rule book, shift that to instruction manual because his commandments are showing you how to live a better life. Um, they are not showing you how you must live or you will, you know, be punished. While that is true, it is much better to think of it as, this is the way that the earth is set up. If you live by these instructions, you are going to have you're going to be better at life. That is just true. Um, so here are some tips um, on how to read the Bible. Some little things and some big conceptual things. Try a devotional. Um, there are many, many devotionals on the internet. You can get some in your email every day. There are many books that are just like 30 days to, you know, uh, for teens, 30 days for couples, 30 days for men, all kinds of different things. Um, so get a book or, or some sort of devotional. There are many Bible reading plans on the Bible app, the YouVersion app. So check that out. That's what I'm using right, right now. Listen to something. This has been useful for me as well. Um, most Bible apps will read to you. Alexa will read the Bible to you if you ask her. If you ask, uh, if you ask, I don't know if Google does. I assume so, but I haven't tried it. Um, also podcasts. If you need suggestions, boy, do I have them. Um, but there are lots of ways. 
Yeah, that's a great one. Apex Students Podcast. Um, there are Bible studies. There are sermons. There are all kinds of ways to process God's word. The people have really smart people. You have access to really smart people processing God's word through Bible studies and sermons and stuff on the podcast world. Um, here's a tip. Read slowly. Take your time. Uh, again, qu- uh, quality over quantity. Don't, don't just say, well, well, I read 18 chapters today. That's pretty good. Um, did you learn anything? Do, did you get closer to Jesus through it? Um, what did you learn about God or yourself? What did God show you through it? Those are the things, the questions that you want to ask yourself. Or read as the, whatever pace it takes for you to learn something. Um, journaling is good, again. Um, so use a journal of some kind. So if you're tracking the Bible verses that you uh, used or, or wrote. Um, I have, have you heard of SOAP? This is a, a Bible processing technique. I, I use a lot of these acronyms because they help me remember. SOAP, S-O-A-P. Did I just say, do you use SOAP? Because that, I did say that. I didn't even notice because it's an acronym. That means to me, scripture, observation, application, prayer. So scripture, you're going to read maybe a chapter or a parable or something, some sort of Bible part. Um, observation. So this is a good way to journal through, like, what scripture did you read? What did you observe about it? What are some th- things that stood out to you? Um, application. How, do, what is, how does this make a difference in your life? Ask those questions and then pray about it. You could pray like we prayed a little earlier, pray through it. Um, scripture, observation, application, prayer. That's been useful to me. Um, you can study something specific. Um, so like, a person from the Bible. What is David's journey through the Bible? A book or a chapter? What are the proverb, what, like proverbs? You can read a proverb a day for like a whole month and just repeat that. Um, you can look for themes or topics in the Bible to take you through this stuff. Uh, study something specific. Praying through the scriptures. We just talked about that, uh, but that kills two birds with one stone. So that's why we, one way you can do that. Um, read with friends. This is also just like praying with other people. Um, you can have accountability on the Bible app. You can just text people, you know, and as you're on that journey together, um, this is a really big deal for accountability. Memorizing scripture can really help. There are lots of ways to do that. Um, we've, if you like write the first letter of every word on your hand, I've done that, and that is, I've memorized a verse in like a day. <laughs> Before the pen is, you know, smeared off, I have that verse memorized. So you can do that, or on a sticky note, put it on a, a verse on your mirror, so you have to see it every day. That's a, a couple ways to memorize scripture. Really good way to hide his word in your heart. Change your surroundings. So maybe you need to go for a walk, climb a tree, get into nature, wherever you can, you know, process scripture, get the time that you need to do that. That may be one. Take notes. This is a general idea. Take notes. Uh, when you're reading slowly, also have a pen in your hand or, or you know, some observation in the soap thing. Um, whatever it takes to uh, really process. What are you learning? What is God changing in you? And uh, I think you'll, you'll benefit from that. This is important because this is a small way you can show up for God. When we show up in small ways, God shows up in big ways. We've hit prayer and reading the Bible. Sorry, I'm moving a little quickly. Um, but friendships. What does God say about friendships? Um, this is another quote I can't attribute to anyone because everyone claims to have said it first. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Hopefully, um, I've said that enough times that you knew that before I even put it up there. Um, but think about like your, the biggest mistakes you've made in your life. When I think about the biggest mistakes, my biggest regrets, my biggest you know, sins, I was not doing them alone. Uh, maybe maybe it's, it, it became a thing that I did alone, but it, it always started for me with other people, with the people in my life that were influencing me. Um, so this, your friendships is very, very, very important. Hebrews 10 talks about continuing to meet 
together. Don't forget to meet together. When, you, when you're walking a Christian life, you need to meet together um, or you will be on the wrong track. Proverbs 13 is a really good one. Walk with those or walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Proverbs is good for those like one-liner things. Again, our friends help us be better. This is um, that part of you know prayer and reading the Bible is when you do it with friends. It really helps. But good friends make us better. Bad friends make us worse. That's kind of you are the people that you surround yourself with. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Here are some tips um, for friendships. T- friend, friend tips. Sorry. <laughs> no friends is better than bad friends. No friends is better than bad friends. And that might be hard to believe, but it is true. You are better off being alone than you are with friends that are taking you on a bad path. It is true. Please believe it. Um, this is a great tip. Pay friendship prices. Pay the cost. If you want to have good friends, be a good friend. That cost is, Jesus showed us, it is serving people. It is sacrificing your own comfort for people. So pay friendship prices. If you want to have good friends, be a good friend. Um, And be first. Maybe you're like waiting for someone to be a good friend first. No, you be the good friend first, even if they have earned it or not. You show up first. Be a good friend to people. Um, Go where Christians are. Go, if you're looking for Christian, like Christ-following influences in your life, go where those people are. Go to here. <laughs> go to church. Go, go to a Bible club. Whatever your uh, setting is, find one. Um, if you're looking for Christ-following influences, go where those people are. That seems natural, but it's not always. Remember that not every Christian is going to be a good friend. This is challenging. Um, and there's a couple reasons. I bit my tongue so hard. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened. <laughs> um, remember that not every Christian is going to be a good friend. And that is for multiple reasons. Sometimes personalities just clash. Sometimes uh, you're just, you're going to be button heads with this one particular person. Doesn't mean that either of you are doing it wrong, but that's just how it is. Sometimes people are going to let you down because they are still growing. Believe it or not, that your friends aren't, perfect. (laughs) And guess what? Neither are you. And you are also still growing and will probably need grace. So give a lot of grace to people. Keep praying. If you're like looking for friends, I want you to take courage in the idea that God is with you and keep asking him. He hasn't forgotten about you. Keep asking him to send you friends. Um, But if you're in this room, I believe that is here for you. That, That if you pay friendship prices, um, you will find those people in this room if you look hard enough, if you look long enough. When we show up in small ways, God shows up in big ways. We covered prayer, Bible reading, Christian friendships. And the fourth idea is evangelism. Uh, We'll call it going, evangelism. And I think, I've been thinking a lot about evangelism and talking to other youth workers about it and uh, talking to many of you, I've had conversations about this as well. When we talk about Christian friendships, you can't only have Christian friends. You can't stop there. It's an important to build, to have those people around you, but you can't stop at just having Christian friends. Um, it's important to monitor the influences in your life and make sure that you have more good people, Christ-following people influencing you than not. But those people that aren't, you, you can't close yourself off 
to everyone but Christians. Um, if you don't talk to anyone who doesn't have Jesus in your life, you are missing a part of the Christian life. This is why this is a spiritual discipline. If you don't talk to anyone who doesn't have Jesus, you're missing a part of it. Matthew 28, 19, 20. We call it the Great Commission because this is Jesus saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. I'm about to leave church, and this is what I want you to do. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus commanded us to help people get closer to him. He told us to go and make disciples. That's the main part of what he said here is make, like, linguistically speaking. <laughs> the, the emphasis he put on was make disciples. This is your job. This is our job to make disciples. We all need um, to have people in our life that we are showing Jesus to. Um, praying for people to find Jesus. The people in our lives that we're praying for, that we are taking steps to introduce them to Jesus, and that we are living a life that shows them who Jesus is. <laughs> Um, these people are not your church projects. That's an important idea. These people that, um, you, they're not projects, they are people. So we need to genuinely care about people and genuinely care if they find Jesus. I have some friends, the closest friends in my life, some of my closest friends, do not follow Jesus and I am continually praying for them and I continually have faith that someday my example uh, or other examples in their life or Jesus is gonna radically encounter them, whatever it may take, um, that someday they're going to accept Jesus. They're going to turn around, stop running from Jesus, and say, yes, I accept this. Um, but right now, they are not. But they are still some of my closest friends who I care very, very deeply about. Oh, here are some tips for evangelism. You like my, these tips? There's a lot of tips. That's why we're taking a lot of time tonight. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Here are some tips for sharing Jesus with your friends. Get to know people. <laughs> Because you need some people to tell uh, Jesus, uh, to tell about Jesus. This goes for people that sit next to you in class, people on your sports teams, in your productions, and band, in, at your work, your neighbors, anywhere that you can find people. Those are the people that count. Find them. Uh, put yourself in situations to meet people that don't follow Jesus and need to. Take tiny steps and remember that every small thing matters. This is important. Every small step of, of you showing Jesus to people matters. So tell a friend that God is a part of your life. That is a step. Just telling a friend that you go to church or that you pray is a step. So don't minimize that. It's important. Uh, invite a friend to come to Apex or to watch the stream. Hello, if you're watching online. Uh, send them a, a podcast episode, whatever that may look like. Take these small steps and, and then you're going to work on this progression. Eventually, you're going to tell them how to become, how to follow Jesus for themselves. Tell them how God has impacted your life regularly. Invite them to make Jesus a part of their everyday lives. Now, that part can be intimidating and difficult. Um, so the tool we use is Alive in Five. So learn it because it is incredibly helpful. It has helped me in a big way. Uh, I think it's helped people in this room. Um, you've probably seen this graphic that I believe, yeah, that is up there on the screen. Because every time I talk about it in here or in big church, I usually use these five symbols to talk through um, the story of Jesus. And so the, each, each symbol represents a piece of that story. If you want some more information on that, we have lots of booklets and cards and all kinds of things we can give you. Um, God is love. Our sin divides us from God. Jesus paid for our sin, then came back to life. We need to decide to put our faith in God, and then the Holy Spirit will help us live for God. So again, we have resources if you want to learn this. And in our Instagram bio, there's a little cheat sheet. So just so you know, that's always there as a tool to help you. 
making small evangelistic choices to help people see Jesus is a spiritual discipline. And when we show up in small ways, God shows up in big ways. The stuff we talked about tonight is basic, but it's not easy. And I'm very aware of that. So uh, I want you to take comfort in the fact that I know that and that I'm not just, uh, you know, saying things because I have perfected them. I have certainly not perfected any of these things. I have grown in them. And uh, that's what I want for you. I, God doesn't expect you to have these things perfect for perfected overnight. Um, but you can grow. You can get better. You can get closer to him. You can do prayer better. You can read the Bible more consistently. Um, you can you can monitor your friendships more closely, and you can spend more time talking to people about Jesus um, with God's help. I think that we need to, to take the time to ask God to help us with these things and, and work on the discipline in our lives because it's worth the discipline. It's worth it. Because when we show up in small ways before God, he shows up in big ways for us. So keeping that in mind, I think spiritual disciplines are important enough to make the sacrifice. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word, for what you can teach us. God, I thank you for um, the way you're taking care of us, the way that you speak to us through your word. God, I pray that you would help us have the discipline to make these choices that we need to, to, to make prayer a consistent part of our life, to make reading the Bible a consistent part of our life, to monitor our, our influences um, and, and choose the, to put the people in our life that are going to take us toward you. And Father, also to, put, to make sure that we are always living a life that reflects you so that the people we encounter, um, we can tell them about you and, and tell them about how you've changed our lives. Give us the boldness and the strength to do that and the discipline to make these things a regular part of our lives because they are basic, but they are not easy. And uh, as we show up before you in small ways, you show up in big ways. So we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.